Hey, good evening. Uh, my name is Shogo Suzuki. Uh, I'm a professor for educational philosophy at Kyoto University in Japan. And I worked uh, since 10 years uh, with uh, Professor Wolf, the Free University of Berlin in Germany. And we have a uh, uh, we have done so uh, originally uh, so an anthropological research on happiness in German and Japanese family. So I would like to introduce uh, several uh, conclusions of our research. So you can see, and this is entitled Happiness and Staging and Social Action in the Family, a Comparative German-Japanese Study. You can see it in Christmas night in a German family. I can show you the development of the research. We have an, an Kyoto University and a Center of Excellence Research uh, since uh, 2007, and a Free University of Berlin in Germany in language of emotion, and so also a similar uh, research program. And we have uh, a methodological aspect, uh, view of the aspect, and an qualitative qualitative method of field research on happiness. So I would introduce a case study from a survey of happiness in German and Germany. This comparative survey, which the Free University of Berlin, Germany, and the Kyoto University began jointly in 2008, is a truly international and interdisciplinary research project that this, this designated Japan and Germany as sites for anthropological fieldwork where experts in philosophy and clinical psychology and sociology and pedagogy will jointly tackle the same field. The distinguishing feature of this project is that Japanese and German staff formed mixed teams and carry out fieldwork together in homes and schools in Japan and Germany, respectively. Researchers conducted studies both in their own familiar homelands and the other country. Doing so and not only enabled them to self-consciously identify their own values and worldviews that serve as a framework of the study, but also to share the same situations with researchers from a different cultural sphere and to discuss the topic under investigation with them. What is important was how they relativized both the culture they came encumbered with and perconceptions and biases they held about their counterparts' culture. The distinctive feature of this research method is that it was both the subject and object of the study. A format in which teams composed of members from different cultures together engage in surveys in both countries and comparatively new even for the historical anthropology surveys up to now. This method turns the researcher's cultural biases and sense of alienness with a foreign culture into an advantage, while also allowing them to look at their own culture from a different perspective and to analyze it through mutual discussion. It has been an epoch-making experiment in the sense of opening up the possibility for a self-analysis of the researchers' own culture and values. 
I would like to add one thing which I think is very important for our study. We are not going to say what is happiness. We are going to say how do family make a mise-en-scene, a staging of the happiness at Christmas in, in uh, Germany and at the New Year uh, in, in Japan. So this is a very important difference because we look at the performance of the arrangement in the ritual, how each family uh, creates its particular character and its way of, of saying, well, we are very particular and we are different from others. That is one point which I think is important. We are putting the, the accent on the opus operandi of happiness. Uh, that is one point. The other point which is uh, probably important that we really focus on six uh, case studies. We are not going to compare in the traditional sense because that implies a lot of problems we are aware of. We are going to describe in detail, or we have described in this book here, just came out and the Japanese version will be out early next year. Uh, we describe how three German families and how three Japanese families make a mise-en-scene of their happiness at Christmas and at the New Year. And uh, then we come, will come up at the end with some transcultural elements for uh, happiness, for family happiness. And uh, that is a different, it's not an, a traditional comparison, it's an implicit comparison. We use the uh, different ways of mise-en-scene in the different families uh, as a mirror to understand what is happening in each family. But it is not a comparison as it is, has been done uh, sometimes that where you compare certain elements. And it will be more a, a transcultural um, approach and we have even tried it out in some other cultures. I'll talk about that later. Yes. Yeah. So, um, the unhappiness and so and the concept of the happiness we have to check uh, for the uh, anthropological research. We have discussed on the happiness, what is happiness, and what kind of difference between the several cultures or the histories and countries and religions. And I have so this um, sort of happiness, Japanese and English, uh, English and, and in German word, uh, so you can see, then Glück. Yeah, Glück is the Japanese then Kohuku, and perhaps an English uh, happiness or the well-being. But in the German, a Glück haben, Glück haben, and it's a, 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 in the meaning of the good luck. And Japanese has the Huku or the Un or chance or the good chance or the Engi. This is a so, yeah. This is so Buddhist. Um, oh, the Buddhist meaning. And glücklich sein, that is on a happy or so well, so well being. Then Japan, Japanese, and like Sai Wai. And uh, there are another difficult, uh, difficulty of the, uh, the concept of happiness. Is it mean and happy? I am happy or are you happy? Yeah. And this one is the image of the happiness or as a feeling of the happiness. There are several differences between the image or the feeling of the happiness. And we have discussed so, feel, uh, it is perhaps better to uh, analyze what is happiness. 
know better um, how do we create the happiness and how do we stage the happiness. And this is a point of the, our anthropological aspect. And we uh, analyze the performance and communication and mimic, mimetic learning process and the rituals and uh, uh, some so. Um, um, so celebrations method and historical and cultural background. And this we can uh, a little bit more in a unit um, character of the, this family uh, happiness. So then methodology. Maybe just a word in terms of methods. We used an ethnographic method. Um, what does that mean? There are two basic ways of approaching the problem um, in, um, in um, cultural anthropology. One is the, um, what you might call the third-person perspective, and the other one is the first-person um, perspective. And what does that mean? First of all, we went to the families and spent there the Christmas time and the uh, change of New Year, and just observing, we sit down. You know, we sit down at the at the outside of the uh, dining room, or at the, and uh, we're looking and observing people what what they do, and uh, that was one that is one perspective. And we had a videotaping so that we could really uh, repeat certain scenes which we considered as very important. And um, the third point was also that we took a few. Uh, pictures of in certain situations. So, and then we describe, and that is the main focus, what we have been seeing, uh, because we work on the assumption that we all don't know exactly what we do in these situations. It's a practical knowledge. It's an implicit knowledge which makes us uh, make us uh, make an, a staging of, of a, a ritual. In this case, of, of Christmas and the New Year, or the. Yeah, New Year change, and um, that is one aspect. And the, on the other hand, we were also uh, asking the uh, families, "What is important for you? What are your ideas about happiness?" And we mainly had a, a group discussion. So we just asked a very general question, and then we had the family talk with each other about it. And the idea was to get to the imaginary of their and their ideas about happiness. What makes them happy? And uh, this is a very different approach than when you just try to um, ask people in an interview situation where you determine much more what, what the answers should be. So we had them pretty much uh, talking about their own views and their own points. And now the problem and the difficulty is to bring these two perspectives, the outside perspective, which focuses the performance, the behavior, the practical knowledge, together with the personal perspective, where you get the notions of meaning, of importance for the people involved. So, then I can go to um, German Christmas celebration. So, in preparations for Christmas, begin with setting up a fir tree in the corner of the living room and decorating it. In most households, it is generally the father's role to go out and buy the tree and the role of the mother and children to decorate it. 
One of the things people look, look forward to every year is thinking about the decorations they will hang on the tree. On the Christmas Eve, many Christmas presents are placed under it. The most keenly anticipated moment for children is opening these presents after attending Mass. Relatively devout families sing a hymn together and read a passage from the Bible about the birth of Christ before the presents are exchanged. The traditional German way of celebrating is to spend Christmas Eve quietly alone with one's immediate family. Usually, the 25th itself is sent visiting grandparents and families of one siblings. So, one tends to think that these ways of celebrating Christmas as a family have long existed, but that is not in fact the case. Such customs were actually introduced artificially as part of the education of the citizenry, the Enlightenment time. Yeah. And they were spurred on by the church with the aim of creating of the modern civil social order during the 18th century Enlightenment. 18th or 19th century, yeah, better to say and civic education, with the family as its ministry, was deemed to be useful for creating ethical, devout citizens. Christmas, which commemorates the birth of Jesus Christ, was a good opportunity to instill in the citizenry an understanding of what might be called the ideal of a holy family. The holy family, that came out as a result of Christ's birth was Joseph the father, Mary the mother, and Jesus. Celebrating Christmas with one's family was recommended as a way of achieving family harmony and tranquility like that in holy family. Thus led to the cultivation of the various elements and events now found in the celebration of Christmas, Christmas tree special foods, mass at church, reading the Bible as a family, singing hymns and exchanging presents. Nevertheless, today, there are many ways that German families celebrate Christmas depending on whether they are Catholic or Protestant and how close their ties, ties are to church. Yeah, this is the uh, uh, the um, uh, celebration and a touch of it in Christmas, and they buy in a Christmas market in the city. And so, how what kind of atmos uh, atmosphere of Christmas the child learned uh, from? And this is the uh, family uh, we analyzed, and this is a Christmas tree, and then. Yeah, two uh, sons around the trees and then the presents you can see uh, under the tree. Yeah, but um, there are also differences that depended on the family's history. Families have what might be called a family history or family life cycle. Getting married and forming a new family, having children, 
being reduced again to a couple after children leave home. These are the three stages into which your family can be roughly divided. The way Christmas is celebrated also changes depending on the stage in which it occurs. One is the basement of the new family and after marriage, and two is the family with young children, and three uh, the stage is a family without young children. So, on stage one, and when a couple has married but not yet had children, it is a stage in which a family consists of just two people, the husband, husband and the wife. The marriage for them perspective on social and religious conventions signifies the formation of a new family by two people from families that have different ways of doing things. Even when it comes to Christmas, a husband and wife must find their own way of celebrating based on their respective family's customs that they experienced in childhood. It might even be said that comparing how Christmas was celebrated in each of their families and then working out their own way to do so is a kind of a learning process. By learning how to reconcile each other's demands, they come to understand the image of what constitutes a family that they have made for themselves. Eventually, when children are born, the family moves into the second stage. Their version of how to celebrate Christmas now coincides and becomes child-centered. It would be no ex exaggeration to say that everything from the presents and decorations to the food is done to make the children happy. Ways of celebrating can also take the form of an event. For example, the father dresses up at Santa Claus and passes out presents. Some families devotedly participate in church activities with their children and regard Christmas as a perfect opportunity to teach them the blessings of faith. Parents' values and their outlook on education are also reflected in the number and the kind of presents they give to their children. Then, as the children grow up, and it comes time for to the leave home, the family shifts into its third stage. Husband and wife live at a quiet uh, a unit and in Germany. When the married couple is a common unit, even for graves, when the child-raising years have ended, they, are, they celebrated Christmas Eve by themselves. Now that their children are totally independent, they can no longer expect Christmas to be as festive as it once was. For middle-aged couples, Christmas seems to be increasingly accompanied by a sort of sadness. They wait expectantly for the 25th when their sons and daughters and their spouses bring their grandchildren and they prepare presents to give them, bake cakes and decorate their homes. So then uh, I would like to introduce a little bit about the conclusion of the 
the Holy Night in the Protestant Catholic family, and we uh, say that it's a family should. And the research team I belong to to spend Christmas Eve with a family of six family members, mother, father, mother, and three, do three boys and a girl. The father, aged 49, was a government employee and judge. The mother, 47, a full-time housewife. And psychotherapist and freelance uh, she works. And before the children were born, she had worked as a physical therapist, she said. The oldest son, 20, had graduated from the vocational school and was now in a company internship. The daughter, 18, was in her last year at the gymnasium and hoped to go on to university. The second son, 15, attended gymnasium, and the youngest son, 12, was active in the local soccer club. The father came from a devout Catholic family, and as a child went to church for midnight mass, not only on Christmas Eve, but also on Christmas Day. But on the other hand, he said his family's Christmas dinner and presents had been quite simple. By contrast, the mother came from a Protestant family. Although they went to church on Christmas Eve, the main events of Christmas, she said, had been splendid special foods and exchange of presents. So this is the family, father and three um, sons and then daughter. And, and this family is a vegetarian. And then Christmas Eve's foods are on vegetarian, vegetarian, vegetarian. Yeah. Yeah, we are so and camera set it on the and celebration and che exchanging the presents and so and we observed. And the next day we had an uh, interview with them. And this is the method of our uh, uh, in, um, participating observation. And we had uh, nothing to eat and uh, no, only the just cooking and they celebrating and eating and exchanging gifts. And this is a special experience for us. Yeah, this is the, uh, yeah. So, um, the mother, yeah, the year we came to study them, there was talk that the oldest son and daughter would soon be leaving home and living on their own, and that this might be the last Christmas the whole family would celebrate together. In view of her children's imminent independence, the mother expressed sadness at losing the chance to celebrate Christmas together as a family. For the mother, who as a young girl had lived through her parents' divorce. Christmas with all family together, which she had known when she was small, strongly remains as her image of a happy family. As a result, the feeling of longing for her happy childhood was intense, and she seems to have made it a habit of judging her own family now against the standards of these happy memories. These became clear through interviews with and observations of the family. 
The mother complained of anxiety about the loss of the present happy state of her family once her children left home. The father posited that the combination of separation anxiety and uncertainty about the new state of affairs after they were gone was making the allocation of each of the family tasks involved in their Christmas celebrations more tense than usual. The children realized that their mother seems to be under an unusual amount of stress because her expectations for the family were so high and made understand efforts to keep their mother's spirits up. The children's performance of actions and reactions more childish than their real ages seemed to relieve the tense situation. They are concerned not to disappoint their mother's expectations was indicative of the children's maturity. In addition, the distinctive features of the time make themselves felt even in traditional ways of celebrating Christmas. Take, for example, the exchange of presents. The custom of giving and receiving presents at Christmas symbolize God's love, which is itself a gift. The basis of a gift is that it conveys God's love and tangibly through an object as expression of the love among the family members. The exchange of presents takes place as part of Christmas celebrations that consists of the series of religious observances, reading a passage from the Bible and deals with the verse of Christ, singing hymns together and saying prayers before going to Mass at church and eating a special Christmas meal. Giving gifts as an act of charity to those less fortunate is also recommended in Christmas time. Nowadays, however, with the advance of consumer society, the exchange of presents is becoming to the central event in the family's celebration of Christmas. In this family, uh, we observed an 80 pieces of the Christmas gifts to change, exchange, open, and so uh, so appreciate, and so, and with then, uh, then f uh, physical, so uh, more so attachment. And it took uh, three more, you know, more three, uh, three hours in, in this night. Yeah. Yeah, this is, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then Christmas in the family the conclusion I I can summarize this. Yeah, the Christmas in the family. The uh, oh, mm -hmm. before I uh, um a little bit introduced, uh, it is so difficult for the fa for the mother and for her is the divorced uh, experience of her parents. It is so difficult to um, cool down her uh, feeling of the happiness for her family. She wants to make the same family image of her happiness memory with her origin family. And there, that was the last stage of the family and celebrating together all of the family member. And this is the stage, and then all the children um, tried to uh, um, 
to with rituals and then uh, uh, the communication and so and the love of the family uh, to express service to uh, to bring and the feeling of the happiness and so is so um, s- stressed uh, sometimes for uh, the mother and it is so Christmas stress she said uh, uh, herself yeah and this is the one side of the German family and then, then Christmas celebration. But we are at the same. So and how can we, the, the feeling of the family or the memory of happy feeling, and so the children by, by learning with the rituals and celebrations and communications. And this is the staging of the feeling of the family. And the same, the similar conclusion we have in the Japanese family are uh, to observe. Mm-hmm. And then this is a Japanese family. So then, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe I just give you a little example how interesting it was to conduct the study um, in a cross-cultural team. For example, both of us were in this German family. And uh, Professor Suzuki had the idea or the impression that this this, um, family was very much material-oriented because they uh, exchanged more than 60 different gifts in the course of the day. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. (laughs) Well, um, and uh, then we had a long discussion on that. Was that materialism or not? Um, And you might know perhaps um, um, Moos, the famous... um, uh, French uh, uh, anthropologist had the argument and said that for a community, there are the exchange of gift is constitutive. You have you give something, the other has to receive it and, and, and to accept it, and he has to give something back. And this is the basis of a community of the creation of a community. And in the, if you take this notion here, you could say in this exchange of gift, you know. This was not really materialistic, in my view. Uh, they, the, what they did, they talked. They made all kinds of comments, and they got close to each other. For example, the, um, uh, the girl got a T-shirt, a very nice T-shirt. Then the boy said, well, the color is wonderful. And the other boy said, oh, no, this color, you know, yeah, the color is okay, but maybe it's outdated. And so they had a lot of discussion, and the emotions were actually flowing uh, among them due to the fact that they did all kinds of commentaries. And that went on. And then the mother said, well, you know, uh, I already had to give him, buy him some, some um, trousers a few months ago, but I didn't do it. I, I kept it for Christmas. <laughs> In order to stimulate this kind of family discussion and flow of emotions. And that was, of course, that was one very interesting example. Uh, they gave um, a doormat to the mother, which said, <laughs> Hotel Mama. And the mama was really very much touched. And then the boy said, well, you know, you got up at 3.30 in the morning when I had a stage in the, in the bakery. Mm-hmm. And then the other one said, well, and whenever I came home, you prepared something to eat. And we wanted to tell you that we really uh, appreciate this all-inclusive uh, care. We are not ethnologists, we are not uh, valuing the judgment, but we are 
seeing how the, the dynamics in this family uh, were um, about to, to, you know, to flow and how, uh, how they were about to develop. But the interesting point is that we had different views on that, first of all, and then we discussed it. Or we had another different view that, uh, that uh, uh, Professor Suzuki thought that the Germans were a little bit talkative. They talked all the time. <laughs> Which is, and in comparison with the Japanese family, this is very true. The Japanese family, and that's true or even for the other families we, we observed, but in any case for the two we observed, they were much, much less talking with each other. They were experiencing closeness in terms of body closeness. And less, much less in the verbal and in the cognitive uh, in comparison with the German family. You know, you cannot generalize this. You can only say it in these cases. And, uh, but it was an interesting observation, and the question is, how do you evaluate this? Okay, having said that, now as an example, I, I get to the um, Japanese family. This was very exciting because it was very different family. We went to the Beaver Lake, you know, and uh, to a small village, um, and... Well, were accepted in a very nice way. First of all, we had uh, uh, some, some food with each other, and there you had already a big difference. In Germany, the family was sitting around a table. Each one had its chair. In Japan, there was also a, a, a table, but it was a, you know, a small one, and uh, they were sitting on the floor and sharing the common space around the table a very different notion of community than when you have shares where each individual has its own place. Um, so that was one observation we, at, at the very beginning. And then, of course, we came into the living room, and that was very interesting. In the German context, you had the um, living room turned into a sacred place um, by means of the Christmas tree, by means of the music, uh, Christmas you know, Christian songs and the smell of the bakery. Whereas in, um, in the Jap Japanese uh, house, you had a temple, a Buddhist temple, and next uh, to it you had the uh, Tako um, uh, no Noma um, roll, so the Shinto um, symbol, which were there in permanence. And uh, then we, you know, we were welcomed and, and we produced some mochi, uh, you know, the rice uh, balls. They were prepared for the, um, for the um, uh, yeah, here you see it, for the, for the festival. And then in the afternoon, something very interesting happened. The family went to the cemetery. And um, that was quite different from the German family. There they had a discussion if the grandmother should take place, uh, should uh, join the uh, family on the first um, day of um, Christmas, on the 25th. Here the, the whole family went to the cemetery and they made a ritual to remember that they were depending on a family and that there was a genealogy involved and that gave a historicity of the family and also of the ritual we could observe. This was in, in my view a very interesting uh, um, 
difference. And then uh, in some areas of Germany, you have it that in, in these days of Christmas, a, a candle is lightened. But you have that only in a very few areas. Mainly, this is not related. I mean, that means the history of the family and, um, uh, and Christmas. So that was one experience, and then it went on. We, we you know, we we had um, all kinds. I'm, I have to cut it a little bit short because I want to um, tell you a little bit about the five transcultural elements, which are a little bit the result of our uh, study. We were fascinated about the the food. The food was very elaborated. I'm not going into details now, but the interesting thing was that the uh, mother said, you know, when I was a young woman. I tried to learn the taste of the family. My uh, mother-in-law taught me how to prepare the food in this family, and mainly at uh, New Year Eve. So it was the idea, it is important to meet the taste of a family and to continue the taste of the family in order to create the identity of a family. And this is very interesting. Taste is used as a mean of inclusion because you know when you taste this and you are used to this taste you are part of the family and if you don't you are not part of it so this was a very you might say traditional way but I think it was quite convincing in this moment because she said I create the family through uh, continuing a certain taste in the family uh, that was uh, and she also said that this was very important for her, for her identity in the family. Um, that was one point which, of course, in, in the German family didn't play a role at all. Um, then we had, um, then we left the, in the evening, we left the family, and the women prepared the um, New Year uh, food, and in the early morning we came back by, at 5 o'clock, and then we came we went to the shrine and to the temple, um, and it was very, uh, very moving to see also the the village community um, and people meet, uh, visiting each other and uh, reading all the Christmas, uh, or the New Year wishes, and cards, and they have got and so on. So, um, in our interview, then, when we asked them on the first uh, of January, what makes you happy? It's family. They said, well, there's just one thing, that our grandchild, our child is still alive. And then they told us that the boy was born with a heart defect and had to undergo a couple of op serious operations. And they said, well, that he is alive and that he is in the center of our f family and the family goes on. This is for us happiness. And that is... Um, Whereas in the German family, they also had this kind of ideas. How is our family going to continue? What will be in 10 years? Will we still have a family? Or will each child be uh, with um, it, uh, its own uh, companion and have its own family? So uh, in this case, it was very clear this event, the threat, was something which the family experienced as... Um, as uh, happiness because they had overcome it and it uh, went well. Now, let me 
not going because we are we taking a lot of time and you know that is the problem with ethnography you can describe details and details and they are important because they create the atmosphere and the differences um, and that is something which you don't have in quantitative research there you reduce everything to what is comparable to figures whereas here we try to uh, show the differences in the phenomena and show how people actually experience things differently. But I, having said that, I'm going now to try to elaborate you a little bit what we have, our main f findings out of, the, um, uh, out of the analysis of these uh, six families. The main f thesis is that there are five central elements which are important to create the happiness in, a, in the family. One, in both cases, are religious practices. Very obvious. Uh, Professor Suzuki has described it when the uh, German family went to the church and they even recited the Lucas story uh, in different versions in their family. Um, and here it was very obvious. It was a visit. Uh, it was first the ritual in the, whole, in the, in the house in front of the the temple, the Buddhist temple, and also in, in front of the Shinto uh, element. And then they went to the uh, Shinto shrine and to the um, Buddhist shrine. So it, it's this kind of uh, religious dimension which was important in these families and which relates family life also to something which you might call the sacred. In the case of Christmas, it's very clear. It's God who gives the child, and uh, it's also the festival of children and there is a, of course a relationship and Durkheim has worked on that on the sacred in the family and I think this was very obvious here that both family had this kind of feeling that they that their happiness was related to uh, some other um, institution which is uh, some transcendent institution that was one element second element which is central for the production of family happiness is the uh, shared meal. Very obvious. In the uh, German family, it was not as much ac accentuated as in the Japanese family. In the Japanese family, it was an art. The preparation of uh, the first uh, of the New Year um, uh, meal is something which took the whole night and many days of preparation. And we had, were also invited to share them in another uh, part of the living room. And it was very obvious that each of the uh, elements of the food had a symbolic meaning. And by eating these things, you become a Japanese. Because you, since these, all these um, the different elements have a symbolic meaning, you enter into a symbolic universe, in what you might call an imaginary of, of Japanese. And so the, the, the food, the shared food, and with this symbolic meaning, is extremely important to become a Japanese. Uh, perhaps uh, more than in the German context, although we, have, can, we know this in the German context too. We have in some families the fish tradition, and others you have the goose tradition, and so on and so on. But here it is uh, really very elaborated. The third element which is important are the narrations, the stories. 
taught about the family. For example, the German family said, oh, you know, last year we were in Australia. That was not nice. It was 35 degrees. This is not Christmas. You know, we, we want to enjoy it. And Christmas is when it's dark and then it's a few days where there is light and there's joy. And that is Christmas, but not 35 degrees all the time. Um, and then they, this was just in one example. Then they told all kinds of stories about the, what hap happened, what they had done some years ago, what, what the mother did, the grandmother did. So this kind of telling stories is something which creates the identity of a family. That was the case also in the Japanese family, although they talked less. It's very true. <laughs> uh, but this, uh, what happened around the um, operation of that, um, uh, that uh, uh, child uh, was very significant. But also they talked about the grandfather and the grandmother and, and about other um, uh, children who were not able to be there and so on and so on. So this kind of narration, which is a symbolic order uh, for a family, which creates the identity. That was a, the um, third element, you know, religious practice, uh, food, um, and here now the n narrations. And then a uh, uh, the fourth element, which is uh, very important, is just uh, that they share time with each other, that they uh, just are together and they are free of there's no work involved, there is, are no plans in that sense, they have time with each other. The, the grandfather can play with the uh, child in the uh, Japanese example. The parents talk with the children about what they was important for them. So you have this kind of relaxed space and time where things just emerge, and you don't know what to emerge. But this creates some kind of... Uh, feelings of togetherness. Uh, and that was uh, really a, a very, very uh, important point. So if I repeat it, it is, what is important is the religious practice. It is, the second one is the chaired meal. Um, the third element are the narrations. The fourth element is um, what you might call uh, the, um, the, the being together. And the fifth element, which we talked about, is the exchange of gifts, in the sense of, of most that this is constitutive for a family and for a community that you give, uh, you, the other takes and, you, and gives you something back. And then these five elements, uh, you know, they are very differently handled in each family. So on the, if you go on the, uh, on the level of, an let's say, on the, of, of an ethnographic description, you have big differences. But I think conceptually you can say these five elements play a central role for the creation of family happiness in the sense, uh, uh, we talked about it, as a modus operandi. That means as a way of staging, of creating the happiness. I'm not saying what it means to the individual in, in each case. And I tried this out later on. I, just a few weeks ago, I was in Iran. And I talked to uh, colleagues there and asked them, well, what about your family uh, uh, festivals? And they said, yes, we have one, which is very important, Naruz. And then we talked about Naruz, and we came up that these five elements play a central role also in this culture. And I did then the same 
uh, in, in China, where I was in another context, where I also tried it out. You know, we haven't elaborated it, but we tried it out if it makes sense to them, and it obviously does. So to sum up, what we have been uh, doing is that we tried on one hand to be very detailed and very descriptive and ve very close to the phenomena, to what people do, to their body movements, to their uh, bodily experiences, and uh, showing there also the variety of possibilities to, to um, pass uh, or to spend uh, Christmas and to spend the um, New Year. That is one approach. And on the other, on the other side, we try to look for a more general um, concepts, and we offer these five as a first result of our, of our research, and saying that uh, obviously there seems to be some truth in these five elements. They are important for the creation of uh, family uh, happiness. And of course, we are aware of it, and we had that even in one of the families, that happiness is a very ambivalent concept. You know, you have in families during these days sometimes also violence. You have also, um, of course, other experiences. In one case, the, the grandmother had a heart attack and they, they had to stop the celebration. So uh, there are all kinds of insecurities and uncertainties which are related to it. But the ideal uh, is that happiness relates to these five elements and is a creation of the family. It's not something which, they, which just happens, but people contribute to it. And by contributing, they enter into a mimetic relationship with each other. One person does this, the other this, and then these things are interrelated, and this creates this feeling of being together, of togetherness and being a community. Let us stop there, and then we can go on with the discussion.